President Trump is running in 2024. New York banks are testing a CBDC, increase of homosexual lifestyles in society, world government, world religion, and much, much more in the news today. Are we living in the end time? Well, absolutely we are. And I'll show you how we can know for sure on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Okay, big announcement last night, right? President Trump's now going to, is a, it's official. He's going to run for president in 2024. And I'm watching at what the press is doing to President Trump. And I'm looking at this because I understand that the establishment just hammered him. Let me, just let me give you a scenario real quick. You understand that President Trump, prior to being elected in 2016, I don't think that the press fully knew what Donald Trump was going to do, the, the, you know, Um, It was a question on everybody's mind. Will he be conservative? Will he be uh, a a liberal? Will he play ball with the establishment? Even though he started to talk against the establishment and the deep state prior to his election. But they were pretty much hands off until he got elected and he started doing, he started carrying out everything that he promised on the campaign trail. A lot of people, a lot of presidents prior to that, politicians, they had promised a lot of things but then they never fulfilled once they got in. They just fell in line with the establishment, did what they were told, went through their entire uh, term, and then they got out. Well, when President Trump came in, he actually did many of the things that he promised he was going to do, as much as he could get done. He did that during his term as president. And... He pulled us out of a lot of world government, which the establishment just went crazy. He was against the establishment. He was trying to drain the swamp. You heard all the terms as we went along. And going against the deep state, so they had to demonize him. They had to try to impeach him twice. They just tried to basically crucify him and his family, trying to get rid of him. Now, I want you all to understand as I go through here, and I'm going to go through it really quick because i got a lot to go through, but... I'm not necessarily a Trumper. President Trump, uh, we've got to have President Trump. I am pro-America. I'm pro-God. However, if it was between, in 2016, it was between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. To me, that was a no-brainer. Okay? So I elected for President Trump. And because, you know, it's the lesser of two evils, right? 
Well, when President Trump got in, he started pushing against the world government, pulling us out of that. And I understand that this was all prophetic, because we know that from the prophecies of the Bible, the United States is not going to be, the United States won't be fully engaged with the world governing body in the end time. So I want you, in light of that, to consider what President Trump did while he was in office, and then consider what he would do in 2024, just two years from now, (coughs) excuse me, and watch how the press will demonize him from now until then. Oh, President Trump is waning in his influence and, you know, all these different things. Because they absolutely, no matter what, they cannot allow that guy to get back in office. Okay? Because the deep state, the establishment, that's all very, very real. There are socialists, even communists, that are at the highest levels in Washington, D.C. They've been planted there, and they have, they have been um, kept there by the establishment for decades now. Haven't really done anything, but they have sure had a grip on America, haven't they? And then a guy like Donald Trump comes along and says, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and he ends up doing it. And I want you to consider some of President Trump's efforts in a, like a, um, a plan to get out of world government. It was a, you know, whether it was a rebuke of that world government or a complete withdrawal from enslaving treaties that would try to enslave America, Donald Trump worked his plan to put America first and not the world government. And all of these people that are in Washington, they're on board with the world government. They're globalist. They're trying to push socialism and communism here in the United States. That's what's going on in Washington, D.C. When you boil it all down to the core of the issue, socialism, communism being pushed here in America, that's the goal. The United Nations, world government, socialism. And they know that they have to get us off of the capitalistic model, destroy our country, and push socialism here because they want the group of elites to be in control at the end. Now, this is all very prophetic. The Bible prophesies, Revelation 13, that there will be a world-governing body in the end time, and the Antichrist will usurp authority over that. But I can prove scripturally that the country of Jordan, the country of Israel, and the United States will not be fully engaged with that world-governing body. And we will actually, the United States will actually stand with Israel against and protect her from that world governing body in the end time. How does that happen with a Joe Biden? It doesn't happen. Joe Biden is is pro-world government. He's a globalist. So it doesn't happen with him. But with a Donald Trump or somebody like that, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or who it is, we're not going to be fully engaged in the world governing body. Something is going to happen to turn the United States around and get us away from that. And so President Trump comes along and when he says, hey, it's America first, we're not going to be uh, submissive to any world governing body. We're doing what's best for America. Oh my goodness, the establishment, the deep state, which is part of the world government and globalist, they just howled at the moon, didn't they? 
and we've got to get rid of this Donald Trump guy at all cost, even to the point where they might manipulate an election. And we've talked about that. Perhaps that happened here in our midterm elections. Think about the 2020 election. Will there ever be another fair election in America? It's a question we need to ask. And it's some things that we'll talk about on the other side of the break. I'll go through a little, just a little bit more about President Trump and his run in 2024, what could happen, and then we'll get into a lot of news stories proving that we absolutely are living in the end time. We don't even have to guess, everybody. Satan and the of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 endtime. That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1 800 end time or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. I want you to consider some of the things President Trump did while he was in his first term as president. He, you remember, he chastised the members of NATO for not paying their fair share. Can you see Joe Biden doing that? I can't either. The President Trump withdrew from the Paris Climate Agreement when he realized that it was a wealth redistribution scam against the, the um, people of the, the United States citizens. He said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And he pulled us out of that. Well, Joe Biden, who's a globalist, pushed us right back into that pretty much day one when he got back in office. He, at the COP27 meeting the other day, he actually apologized for President Trump and the United States pulling out of that. Why? Because he's a, he's a globalist. He believes in a world government. He believes that we should redistribute the wealth of the United States to other nations. That's what's in our White House right now. If you really want to know what's going on, socialist, everybody. 
And he, I think he even came out the other day and said something about these people are, that are socialist. But him and his crowd are, are the socialist. And then President Trump, while he was in office, he went to speak at the United Nations, which is 100% socialistic. And he hammered socialism in just about every speech that he spoke at. And then also, you remember, he recognized Jerusalem as Israel's eternal capital and moved the U.S. Embassy there. Joe Biden would never have done that. He believes in the in Resolution 2334 because it was passed when the Obama-Biden administration, when they were in office, just prior to President Trump coming in, in that lame duck session there in 2016, And Resolution 2334, in the eyes of the international community, it is a flagrant violation of international law for Israel to be in control of uh, East Jerusalem and the West Bank. That's what Joe Biden's, that's his belief system. There's no way he would recognize all of Jerusalem as Israel's eternal capital. But President Trump did. So, in the eyes of the international community, he's got to go. And that's exactly what happened. You say, Dave, you sound like a, a, a Trump guy. I am an America guy. I am a, I am pro-God. I'm a Christian. So, what would you do? Would you vote for a Hillary Clinton, a globalist, a liberal internationalist, or would you vote for a Donald Trump? Now, Who you vote for is irrelevant to me. I'm trying to to build God's kingdom and get everybody to heaven. But if I'm going to vote, if I'm going to participate in society and be a productive member of this society, I'm going to vote. And because if it's, if I'm voting for abortion, somebody who's pro-abortion or somebody who's anti-abortion, I'm going to vote for the anti-abortionist. I've had people that considered themselves Christians on social media platforms that I'm on that would argue pro-abortion. And I've got to take a second look at that and say, whoa, 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 hold up. You say you're a Christian, but pro-abortion at the same time? That makes no sense to me. Yes, I'll come right out on the air and say that. It makes no sense to me how a person who can consider themselves a Christian would be pro-abortion as well. Because in my Bible, abortion's wrong. And you say, Dave, you're not being very politically correct. Not really trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to be biblically correct. I'm very concerned about what God thinks. Okay? Also with President Trump, he withdrew from the Global Compact on Migration where the United Nations was trying to control the immigration uh, around the world. They wanted to control that and so they wanted us to take up, remove our borders. Don't protect your borders. Donald Trump said, no, we're going to protect our borders. We're not going to let a foreign entity determine who comes into our country. So Donald Trump says, not going to happen. Protect the borders. Joe Biden comes in and says, well, we're not going to protect the borders. Let whosoever will come in. And that's where we're at right now. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he just declared it an, a, um, an invasion 
on our southern border. Texas is dealing with this big time, folks. I live in Texas, I know. I did a prophecy conference down in Westlaco, which is right on the border. And I had the, the, the pastor in his church, we went out to eat, and they were telling me about everybody just comes pouring across the border. And we're not doing anything to stop it. Donald Trump was against that. The, uh, he also withdrew from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, trying to get us locked into these trade deals, which would send jobs everywhere except here. And so Donald Trump said, nope, we're, not, we're done with that. He withdrew from UNESCO. And, you know, there was also the decertification of the Iran nuclear deal, the um, building of our southern border wall. That, that The Trump administration's vow that they uh, would ignore certain rulings by the World Trade Organization, the, the budget cuts to, and the regulation cuts to, on the businesses. Businesses flourished under the Trump administration. And then our budget cuts to the United Nations and energy independence. If he ran on energy independence here in the United States where the gas prices would go down, cut be cut by, you know, uh, what, at least by half? Imagine that. If gas prices could go back down to $1.40, $1.50 immediately, right now, if Joe Biden would just change and allow us to start drilling and increase our energy production. Gas prices would drop immediately, but he's not going to do that. Why? Because he's pushing an agenda. Everybody wants to know what's really going on in America. If Joe Biden wasn't such a globalist, he could turn this thing around on a dime, folks. Imagine if President Trump was in here, do you not think that we would be energy independent again in a matter of months? And our gas prices would just plummet. And then, of course, remember the record unemployment under Donald Trump. Regardless of what color you were, it doesn't, didn't matter. Hispanic, black, whoever, whites, unemployment. It was record lows when he was in office. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. You say, are you trying to get President Trump reelected? I'm trying to get somebody reelected that is anybody that's... N- That's not the establishment. Whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever that comes along, if somebody would get back in office that would do these things I just talked about and be anti-abortion and some of these other things, conservative. Who who would you vote for? Would you vote a, a President Biden back in office with all the things he's doing? Depleting our strategic petroleum reserve? I mean, if we, go, if we were to go to war right now, the United States, and our strategic petroleum reserve is depleted as much as it is, imagine going to war with that scenario. Think about what's going on in America, folks. And it's not just a super pretty picture. I've talked to my, our uh, staff here at End Time the other day during our prayer and devotion time. And I said, you know, without the Lord, it would seem pretty dicey here in America. However, I know the ingenuity of the American people. I know if we can get our voting system right, what would be wrong with having a a voter ID? Hey, I walk up. Yes, my name's Dave Robbins. Here's my ID. I am a United States citizen. I'm here legally. I want to vote. Yes, Mr. Robbins, you go vote. What would be wrong with that? 
than for me after the election to come running in with bags fulls of ballots and dump them in there and who knows where they came from, right? I mean, we got to talk about this stuff. So, the list goes on and on. President Trump's running again. Whether he'll get elected, I don't know. I hope somebody gets elected that pulls us out of world government like President Trump did the first time, that understands what's going on, understands what's going on here in America and around the world, and can say, no, that's not going to happen here in the United States of America. And we turn this thing around. And then the church is mobilized, we have a great end-time revival, and the Lord comes back and we get out of here. That would be awesome scenario, right? Okay. Wow. President Trump, his announcement last night, I don't know. We'll see what happens in a couple years. Should be interesting to see how the press treats him and the world government and everybody else treats him, the deep state, the establishment, uh, from now until then. They're going to make it out like, eh, he's... We'll see. Maybe it'll be him and Ron DeSantis. Maybe it'll be him and Carrie Lake. You never know. Maybe him and Candace Owens. I don't know who it'll be, but I hope it's somebody that we have on the ballot and there's a fair election and that we can get somebody in there that'll do what's right for the United States of America. All right, let me shift gears here. World government. The New York Fed. Now, I've talked about the Federal Reserve, that it's a cabal of private bankers. has nothing, nothing to do with the government. They like to spin that and all this propaganda. Oh, you know, the, the Joe Biden's working with the Fed. No, he's not working with the Fed. He is, they're all working for the same master at the end of the day. But the Federal Reserve is a cabal of private bankers. Okay? Our Congress is supposed to have the power to print money and to, to set the interest rates and different things. But no, the Fed does that. That come under the Federal Reserve Act back in the early 1900s. I think it was 1913. So, a cabal of private bankers. Well, now, the New York... And I, I talked uh, earlier about the, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, that the Federal Reserve is looking into putting out a central bank digital currency because of what the uh, executive order that Joe Biden put out. That, hey, we need to regulate all these other decentralized bit, uh, um, cryptocurrencies. But yet, we need to look into our Federal Reserve, our central bank, putting out a digital currency. Well, a lot of people said, oh, that's not going to happen. But now, today, the New York Fed is launching a 12-week central bank digital currency pilot program with major banks. Now, we're looking at global governance here is what we're talking about. The Bible says there's going to be a world government in the end time. I'm proving to you we are in the end time. Banking giants, including... Um, the Bank of New York, Mellon, City, U.S. Bank, Wells Fargo are going to be issuing tokens and settling transactions through simulated central bank reserves as part of this pilot, of the CBDC pilot, Central Bank Digital Currency. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York's Innovation Center, NYIC, has announced that it would be launching a 12-week proof-of-concept pilot for a central bank digital currency. In November of fifth, uh, November, on, back on November 15th, 
They made an announcement. The New York Fed said that the program would explore the feasibility of an interoperable network of central bank wholesale digital money and commercial bank digital money operating on a shared multi-entity distributed ledger on a regulated liability network. Banking giants included the BNY Mellon, City, HSBC, MasterCard, PNC Bank, TD Bank, Triust, um, the uh, U.S. Bank, and then the Wells Fargo. They're going to be participating in this pilot program, issuing tokens, settling transactions through these simulated central bank reserves. Remember, central bank, cabal of private bankers. The NYIC looks forward to uh, collaborating with members of the banking community to advance research on asset tokenization and the future of financial market infrastructures in the United States as this money and banking evolved. That is said by the NYIC director, Pervon Zelowitz. So, they say the proof of concept project is going to test the technical feasibility, legal viability, and business applicability of this distributed ledger, as well as simulated tokens that explore these regulatory frameworks. And the the New York Fed said the project could potentially be extended to multi-currency operations and regulated stablecoins. And these federal regulators in the United States, they've not reached any of this consensus on whether to launch this digital dollar in the country. But these agencies in, and those in the private sector have been exploring the possibility. I knew this was coming, folks. I said when Joe Biden did this and said, oh, we're just going to look in. We're going to explore this. I thought, yeah, right, explore, come on. Well, now they're testing it. Their pilot programs going out in New York. And the article said that following the U.S. President Joe Biden's issuing an executive order aimed at establishing this framework on digital assets, some lawmakers questioned that Congress's role might be in passing legislation in support of these CBDCs and how a digital dollar might curtail similar innovations from the private sector. Now, again, talked about this, I think it was maybe a, a couple months ago. What the central bank uh, is, what the, centra- the dangers of a central bank digital currency would be able to control everything that you uh, can purchase with the money. They're going to be programmable. They would know every cent that goes into your account and what comes out of your account. They would know everything about you economically. The Bible says there's going to be a world government and that that world government, the leader of that, will economically sanction people to get them to bow down to his edicts, give everybody a new, unique identification number without which they won't be able to buy or sell or function in society. Wow, these central bank digital currencies certainly point us right down that road, don't they? Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, 
end time do's and don'ts, and could school choice save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So now you kind of get the picture on when, when the globalist, when the, the, the people in government, when they start talking about something, they're not doing that just because they want something else to talk about. When Joe Biden writes an executive order, you can almost guarantee that's coming down the pike and you can look for it. And this is what's happening with this central bank digital currency. It may come to nothing, but I highly don't believe that. Do you? Think about this. We're talking about world government. The, the, you have the central banks in the major uh, developed nations of the world. That's how they control the economies of the world. The central bank of the central banks is the bank for international settlements. The Bitcoinist, the news source, they published an article. The bank for international settlements wants absolute control of your money via the central bank digital currencies. This article was about a year ago, but you've got to hear this. The article says the general manager of the Bank for International Settlements, again, the central bank of the central banks around the world, the manager of the Bank for International Settlements, Augustin Karstens, he sent a chilling message regarding the future direction of central bank digital currencies. Again, our Federal Reserve is, a, is an offshoot of that central bank. He says this, and I'm quoting here. He said, we don't know who's using a $100 bill today. And we don't know who's using the $1,000 peso bill today. The key difference with the CBDC is the central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Now, can you see the dangers with a central bank digital currency? The ability for them to flip a switch and your access to your money goes away. Or for them to say, well, we'll allow you to have access to your money as long as you invest it in these certain ESG reporting investments. Or if you uh, will, if you're, as long as your carbon footprint is where we need it to be. Or if you're aligning up to the edicts of this world governing body, do you think that's not coming? I can guarantee you those things are coming. Those types of of economic sanctioning, social uh, credit scores, which is already happening in China. You align up to the edicts of the elites in China, hey, you've got access to travel, your money, 
whatever, health care, education. But once you start to move off and try to, try to walk in your own path and not in the government's path, you don't align with their edicts, hey, we can shut you down economically. We can stop your ability to travel, education, health care, everything. To where the point where you could not function in society unless your mindset, unless your ideologies align with the elites. So, this, the uh, manager of the Bank for International Settlements, Carson's, his words really exonerate those who have warned of the potential totalitarianism of these central bank digital currencies, the problems that they could bring. I mean, the problem with that statement that he said is that no one hired central banks for a mandate to have absolute control over money, right? And to dictate individual transactions. I mean, it's not within their charter, right? It's not their job or anyone's, as a matter of fact. It's not what people want either, especially free United States citizens. I want to deal with cash, and you give me $100, and I want to go do whatever I want, and it's nobody's business, right? That's the way Americans look at it. But that's not the way the global elite look at it. That's not the way a Joe Biden looks at it. One Twitter user said that nobody wants more surveillance, let alone financial surveillance, and he added that the central bank digital currencies could be programmed with expiration dates and sender restrictions. So in effect, as Carson's, the manager of the Bank for National Settlements, in effect what he alluded to is that this would mean users would work for the central bank. Now, you say, oh, Dave, that's, you're sensationalized this. That'll never happen. They're testing it with pilot programs in the major banks in New York as we speak. You think they're just doing that because they need something else to fill their plate? They need something else to do? Nope, that's not the way things work. We don't want a central, we don't want a central bank digital currency here in America. We're free, United States citizens. And so I've got to resist that. Now, let me shift gears on you again. Are we in the end time? That's what I'm proving today. Absolutely. Luke chapter 17, verse 29 through 30. Luke said, But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The last times, where we're at right now, the end time. In Genesis 13, 13, you say, well, what was such a big deal with Sodom? The Bible says, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Have you ever seen some of the news lately? Some of these gay parades that are happening? Some um, these uh, uh, people that are um, transgenders and they're having these uh, going into the, um, these, where they, to, where they would go into kids and they would have kids show up at these, um, parties, these drag queen parties and all this other stuff. I mean, it's total debauchery. You say, well, Dave, you hate the people. I don't hate them. I absolutely do not hate them. I love them all and I want to see them be saved. But the Bible says this is, these kind of things would, what would, would be happened just as it was in the days when Lot came out of Sodom. That's, the day, that's what it would be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. The Bible says, And the Lord God, because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, is so great, and because their sins are so grievous, 
I'm going to go down and I'm going to see whether what they have done altogether is according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, then I'll know. That was Genesis um, 18, uh, 20 and 21. Then the Bible says, The Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and He overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of those cities and that which grew upon the ground. He destroyed it all. That's Genesis 19, 24, 25. So the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, they disregarded God's definition of a moral lifestyle by yielding to every sexually perverted desire. In Jude chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says, And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire, and they serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Now, the, the prominent sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was the sin of homosexuality. And this is where the word sodomy comes from. In Genesis 18 and 19, God sent two angels to lead Abraham's nephew, Lot, and his family out of Sodom before it was destroyed. You say, that proves a pre-trib rapture. No, it doesn't. I mean, come on. We, there's, other, there's plenty of other scriptures that say there's a post-trib rapture. So that's, a, that's another conversation. But the Bible says that... Um, Two angels went down to get Abraham's nephew Lot out before God destroyed Sodom. And the, the, the men of the city, they were aware that there were two male visitors in the city. They were visiting Lot. So they surrounded Lot's house demanding that those men be made available to them for homosexual acts. And get this, Lot was so twisted in his mind that he offered his two virgin daughters to the men to have sexual relations with them rather than these two angels. Now, Lot was twisted too. But these men refused the two virgin daughters. They were bound in their lustful desires for men. And this is how the sin of homosexuality became referred to as sodomy. Now, according to Luke, remember, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, Societal conditions will be just as it were in the days of Lot. In the end time, these sinful lifestyles will permeate society. Now, I saw some news articles. I was kind of shocked. I mean, I've been following some of this stuff, but Fox News, they published an article the other day that said the United Methodist Church body just elected an openly gay bishop which was in violation of their rules. And Fox News said, hey, the inmates are running the asylum. The United Methodist Church Book of Discipline forbids ordaining self-avowed practicing homosexuals. A regional body, again, I didn't say collectively, but I said a regional body of the United Methodist Church voted to elect the denomination's first openly gay black bishop last week in violation of its rules prohibiting the ordination of a self-avowed practicing homosexual. The United Methodist Church Western Jurisdiction, which encompasses uh, the Western United States and Alaska, voted to promote Reverend Cedric D. Bridgeforth, 
of the California Pacific Conference to the rank of bishop back on November 4th. He secured 73 votes, and he needed 63 votes to win. He got 73 votes out of the 93 that were cast. So Bridgeforth, who, and I'm going to read this because this is what it says. I'm quoting here from the article, and I don't agree with this, but the article from Fox News said Bridgeforth, who is married to another man, said in remarks following his election that he was grateful to God Almighty and to his husband, Christopher. Now, that's almost hard for me to read that, folks. The United Methodist Church, which is the third largest Protestant denomination in the United States, has faced a growing divide in recent years as congregations increasingly depart the main line over issues of LGBTQ rights and church government. Many of the congregations that are leaving the mainline Methodist denomination are joining the conservative global Methodist church, which was founded back in May. Now, ordaining an open homosexual fellow to be a bishop in your church, in a church, and then giving God glory for that? Folks, uh, wow. What did Luke say? Just as it was in the days of Lot. That's what the way it would be in the days when the Son of Man would appear. Newsmax said that the United States Senate is going to hold today an initial vote on a bill protecting same-sex marriage. The U.S. Senate today is holding an initial vote on legislation to protect the right to same-sex marriage, which was spurred by concerns that a conservative Supreme Court could reverse its earlier decision that made it legal nationwide. And the bill, which is expected to pass the Senate, and I looked into it, I couldn't, they hadn't had the vote as, as the time I went on the radio, but they, that would serve as a legal backstop against any future Supreme Court action by requiring the federal government to recognize any marriage that was legal in the state that it was performed. But it blocks states from banning same-sex or interracial marriages if the Supreme Court allows them to do so. So supporters of the same-sex marriage, they were spurred to act when the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, he wrote that the court should also reconsider the legality of same-sex marriage in a concurring opinion to the court's overturning of the federal protection for abortion in June. And folks, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 1-3, this know also perilous times are going to come and that people would be without natural affections in the end time. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. 
Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You know, everyone, it's easy for me to prove that we're in the end time. I mean, world government, world religion, all these different things. I'm only going through just a, I'm covering the treetops today. Letting you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we truly are living in the end time. Bible says as it was, this is Luke chapter 17, as it was in the days when Lot come out of Sodom. That's how it's going to be in the days when the Son of Man would come. Wow, are we living in the end time now? Another one, another proof would be Fox News. The, um, in 2 Timothy 3, he said, in the, in the last days there's going to be perilous times and that there will be those without natural affection. Now, you can, that can apply to many things. But when you talk about an unborn child or... Some people would say, oh, that's not a life. It's never taken its first breath. Come on. We all all know better than that. I don't have to be a scientist to know the definition for a human. Right? That That thing is that baby, I should say, that human being is a life that starts with inception, with conception. And from then on, when that miracle happens between a man and a woman, you have a life there. God creates a life. And it starts to grow. If it's starting to grow, it's alive. Okay? This is not, none of this is rocket scientist. I don't need Elon Musk to give me a definition for this. This is, Everybody knows this stuff. So, a baby in a womb, or a baby that was just born. Some people don't consider that a human being. Fox News reported that Montana shamed its residents by voting no on a measure to protect babies after they're born and that it's unimaginable. This was obviously during the vote last week. Pro-activist Abby Johnson was disturbed by the results of the vote. She tweeted and said, I'm horrified that even one person would vote in Montana to deny babies health care after they've already been born, folks. They're basically saying that they want the babies left out to die And she said, wow, we need Jesus to save our nation desperately. Yes, we do, Abby. But the thing is, people have to get on their knees and ask God to forgiveness and turn from their wicked ways. And then God would heal our land. Conservatives on Twitter, they tore into Montana residents after they vote. Now, not not 100%, obviously. There are Montana residents probably listening to me right now. Obviously, I'm not talking about you if you voted yes for this. But conservatives on Twitter tore into the Montana residents after they, the ones that voted no on a Republican-backed referendum to ensure medical care for babies 
delivered alive at any point in the pregnancy, including those delivered after, this is horrible, botched abortions. I don't even like to say that. But on election day, Montana voters were given the option to affirm or deny legislative referendum 131 being signed into law with nearly all votes in, as of last Thursday afternoon, the Associated Press called the rate, called the, the race. They said if residents had voted yes, the referendum would have enacted a law guaranteeing any infant born alive at any stage of pregnancy protections as a legal person and would impose criminal penalties on any health care worker that doesn't provide adequate medical care to these babies. To me, folks, I'm a Christian. That's not even a question. It is a baby. Okay? I mean, come on. But, second, uh, the, the um, second Timothy says that in the last days, it's going to be perilous times, people won't have natural affections. And again, that can be applied to many things. But the, 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 this, the article says the measure comes from House Bill 167, sponsored by the Republican State Representative Matt Riger. Kaiser Health News reported that Riger intended the bill and referendum to protect infants who have survived abortions from being denied medical care and from being left to die. Folks, my mind won't even go there. But defense attorney and conservative commentator Marina Medvin, she tweeted, police are required to give medical care to homicidal maniacs who shoot at them. Society demands that convicted serial killers be given medical care and food in prison. But Montana says that innocent babies should not be given milk or medical care, and this does not compute. The Daily Wire senior editor, uh, Cabot Phillips, he said, Montana has voted to let babies die on operating tables if they survive an abortion attempt. We deserve the judgment we face for our wickedness. But what does the Bible say? Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and, listen at this, and turn away from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. I've seen a lot of people go to an altar and ask, Oh, Lord, forgive me. And then they go right back out and do the same things. That's not the way it works. The Bible says, Go, ask God to forgive you, and turn from your wicked ways, doesn't it? Are we living in the end times, folks? I'm seeing things that I thought I would never see. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, when I was uh, in my teens, he would teach about someday there's coming a time when it would be like Sodom and Gomorrah. And I used to think, oh, man, not here in the United States. I mean, we're a developed nation supposed to be getting smarter, more educated. And then we have people here in the United States that would vote against allowing a doctor or somebody to give care to a child that was born anywhere during a pregnancy, even after a, I've got a, a botched abortion. I don't even like saying it. But the thing is, there are people whose mind would go there, folks. Horrible scenarios. 
Now, are we in the end time? You better believe we are. I also read another article over the weekend from the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. This was back in uh, the article, the original article, 1958. Okay? Now, we've talked for many years. My father-in-law taught this long before I ever even came to end time almost 18 years ago. That a world government would be established in the end time. And that there's a world war coming, and on the heels of this world war, that would be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. The world would enter in a fully functioning world governing body. We've given this scenario many times. After the, the world government is what they're pushing, but they need a big enough crisis. So, after World War I, you had the League of Nations. After World War II, you had the United Nations. But the United Nations doesn't have the teeth the enforcement methods that they, these totalitarian world-governing dictators want. So, they guess what's coming? World War III. On the heels of that war, the Sixth Trumpet War, the, the nations of the world will be willing to yield up their sovereignty, to yield up their armies to this one world-governing body, and eventually this one world-governing dictator. And we'll move into a world government. That mindset, that ideology has been on the minds of globalists for decades. You say, oh, that's a new thought. No, no. This article from the Bulletin on Atomic Science, the title is, A One World Government Can Prevent the War Nobody Can Win. When I saw this, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. We've been talking about this for years and years and years. The editor's note of the article states this. The speech, this speech, was to have been given July 5, 1958, by Lord Russell in Basel, Switzerland, at a nuclear disarmament campaign, uh, which was banned by the Swiss government. It was originally published in the September 1958 issue of the Bulletin and is republished here as part of our issues commemorating the Bulletin's 75th anniversary. Listen at this. He said in the speech, We are assembled here to consider the most grave and terrible problem with which mankind has ever been confronted. Now again, this is 1958, folks. Ways have been discovered by which in all likelihood the human race could be destroyed or at best reduced to a few destitute wanderers. And there is every reason to believe that if a great war breaks out, remember we're after World War I and World War II, if a, he says if a great world uh, war breaks out, the new weapons, the, he's talking about atomic weapons, will be used to the full in spite of their catastrophic destructiveness. He says, as yet, only the United States, the USSR, and Britain possess the H-bomb, but France, Western Germany, Sweden, Switzerland intend to acquire them shortly and will do so unless active steps are taken to prevent this spread of insanity. In Germany, at any rate, Scientists have conducted a vigorous and praiseworthy opposition to the official policy indeed. Scientists in many countries are doing what they can to avert the danger. He's talking about, hey, this is going to lead to another world war and atomic bombs are going to be used by all these countries. Then he says this in the speech. Hey, what do we need? A federal world government to stop this. This is, again, what we've been talking about for years. On the heels of World War III, on the heels of all the world wars, the answer to the international community, their mindset, world government. We need a stronger world government, world government. Well, in this speech, he says, hey, everybody's going to get the, 
the atomic bombs if we don't stop this and, and preach disarmament around the world. But the only thing that can stop all that is a federal world government. He says, I'm quoting, the United Nations is intended, now again, this is 1958, the United Nations was intended when it was formed to be an impartial international authority to which disputes could be submitted uh, without danger of bias towards each other. It does not, at present, fulfill its function. It still doesn't today, does it? He said China, the most populous state in the world, and likely within a few decades to be the most powerful, is not a member, and on this ground, communist countries cannot regard the United Nations as impartial. If this organization is to fulfill its purposes, it must embrace all states, and the veto, the UN Security Council veto power, must be abolished. He says the United Nations or some similar body must gradually acquire the functions of a world government in all that concerns peace or war. So in this speech that was supposed to have been given in 1958, which wasn't, it was banned, he says because the potentials of world war are still great post-World War II and more and more nations are getting the H-bomb or nuclear bombs, then we've, the only solution to this is a world-governing body. And today, the United Nations does not have the teeth or the enforcement methods that globalists want. But, as we've said before, on the heels of World War III's coming, Revelation 9, 13 through 21, on the heels of that, we'll move into a fully functioning world-governing body, and the Antichrist will eventually usurp authority over that. Folks, I told you all this today to tell you we are absolutely living in the end times. I don't have to sit here and, and just wonder, let me see, are we living in the end times? No. We're living in the end times, and I need to prepare for the soon coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.